0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Unpolished MBA podcast. In this episode, Michelle Hayward talks about her journey from being employed as a civil engineer to helping other women engineers and scientists climb the corporate ladder. You see, she provides them with the support she wishes she had in her career. While we've come a long way as professionals, women still have an uphill battle. And when you add in intersectionality being a woman and being a person of color it can become so challenging that you lose your way so listen in as michelle shares a bit about her journey and how entrepreneurship has enabled her to make an impact in the lives of other women so michelle i'm going to start off this interview asking you are you an entrepreneur or an employee
1: i'm an entrepreneur
0: Okay. So do you have an MBA or no MBA?
1: No MBA.
0: Okay. So if you don't mind going through your background and what kind of led you to being an entrepreneur today?
1: Sure. I have a civil engineering degree, undergrad, and then my master's degree is actually in industrial management, which is really more Industrial engineering, then it is civil engineering or MBA, but it gave me the opportunity to really focus on quality management, operations, HR management. And I really like that focus over just a straight MBA program. From there, I ended up after grad school doing technical sales, hated it. <laughs> 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 then I went over to construction. I was like I like I just needed an out, but mm-hmm. I ended up on the construction site for 12 years. Loved it, killed it for the most part. Some struggles in there of course like anybody's career. Mm-hmm. But I got to build a power grid. Who literally can how many people can literally say like hey, you have electricity at your house like yeah, I did that. But right. If your go, but, to, but if your power goes out, don't blame me. That's your local utility <laughs> company. <laughs> I just made sure got it got built. I don't do operations, right? And so <laughs> that, so, but being a Black woman, especially engineering, it can be very lonely and isolating. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the only one who had these same feelings. And going through undergrad and going through next side of Black engineers, I could always see other women who look like me. But when it came to corporate spaces, the belief was, it's just not a lot of you, as opposed to, it's a culture issue and not a pipeline issue. Meaning, Mm -hmm. if you create workplaces where we feel we belong, where we are valued, we will stay and the numbers will grow. And that's what led me to entrepreneurship and starting my company, Positive Hire. So that's what Positive Hire does. Can you explain a little bit about what you guys do? Sure. We're an early stage tech startup and really we do three core functions. One is helping employers with diversity, equity and inclusion through traditional services. The next part is how to re- with the DNI training. It's really focused on retention because if you make your culture where you f- people feel they belong, they're more likely to stay. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, we do recruiting. And on that recruiting, we can do traditional recruiting, you can use our job board, where you can find a talent that you said you can't find. And literally, we use some of the same tools other recruiters do, but we go to places a lot of employers don't value, like historically Black colleges and universities, and we provide the third part, which is something a lot of employers don't provide, which is professional development. And in doing that, we're able to build community with women, employers say they can't find to really help them bridge their technical expertise with leadership skills, negotiation skills, conflict resolution skills that an employer is not providing, but just tell them, oh, just keep working hard. You'll get a promotion. Well, it's really not that. They -hmm. really need additional skills to help marry the two so that they are a more effective leader within an organization.
0: So you said that you're an early stage tech startup. Is there a tech component to what you guys do?
1: Sure. So what we do on the back end is really take the experiences of our women to help them predict what is the best fit employer for them. Okay. Right now, you can go to a glass door and you can read you know, feedback about an employer. But the problem is when you have less than 4% of engineers are Black, Latina, and Indigenous women, who out of that 100 feedback was that one woman, Mm. Yes. And then you don't know if she was married like you had two kids like you. And, mm-hmm. and so it's so many differentiators in that that really helps us determine when an employer is a good fit for you, depending on so many different factors as a woman.
0: Oh, that's very smart. So, yeah, you definitely provide value to the went on the women's side through the use of that technology. That's really cool. I have to go back to where you said you hated sales. So you you now know. <laughs> you now know that entrepreneurship is once you have a product everything else is marketing and sales. So what's different about having to do sales now like close deals now versus, you know, in the past have you come to enjoy sales
1: or accept it? I would say what's really different now before I was just inside, right? And it was somebody else's product. It was I literally was selling uninterruptible power supplies. And people today still don't know what that is. So this Mm -hmm. is back in 04. Mm -hmm. So now I'm selling them on a service, on a technology that I'm passionate about, that I'm I'm building. Mm -hmm. And And even on the other side of that, I have a whole community that's passionate and that is so, that are champions for what I'm building and so it's a completely different feeling every day. Like it's hard for me to go to sleep at night because I want to keep working, but I know I have to get up to mm-hmm. take the sales calls and, and to go out and do prospecting and find leads for the company. But it's really, it's really a different feeling because not only is it something I'm passionate about, but I own it through from the beginning to the end, from the successes to the failures, they all belong to me.
0: And you're okay with that. That's right.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Always okay with that. I mean, failure, I literally have to reframe failure to meaning, I actually did a virtual summit on this. It's the foundation to advance, improve, and lead. Yeah. And when you look at failure, fail, I should say, I reframe fail, Mm -hmm. and really what it is, if you look at it, those components, and you're learning from it, Is not the end. It's truly the beginning of a new learning experience.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, having that type of framework as a reminder, as you, you know, go through this journey as an entrepreneur is critical because it's definitely very easy to kind of get some days where you're like, wait a minute, um, is this what I want to continue doing or not? Because it gets tough, right?
1: Exactly. I just say on the hardest days, literally... God is good because the hardest days that I really like. You know what? Let me look at this job description for myself. I think I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally get a message or, or you know, a, a LinkedIn or an Instagram DM or an email saying thank you mm-hmm. from a woman, whether it was mindset shift, feeling empowered, finding a new job, getting a promotion. And it happens, it does not fail. You know, I hit that point like once a year, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm a quit. Someone's like once a year, that's how do you get through the other 364 days? For whatever reason, it's been once a year, I usually get to that point and Mm -hmm. I get a message without fail. And that's what keeps me going. It's like, okay, it's really working because sometimes you're doing the work and you don't see the successes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you don't stop to really say, oh, wait, I did do get two inbound calls. Yes. Because, because you're mad about the 40 with nobody 40 outbound <laughs> sales calls and emails and your cadence not working, but you got to inbound. So something's working, right? So you focus on the 40 that didn't come that aren't, you think are dead as opposed to the two that came in. And so just really reframing that has to change as well as a founder.
0: Yeah. You know, just the motivation to keep going is something that I think a lot of people don't realize entrepreneurship involves. You know, they always say, oh, you make it look easy and, you know, effortless. And, you know, you got folks on Clubhouse now and they're talking about all you got to do is and, you know, X, Y and Z. And then you have, you know, LLC Twitter, I guess, as they call it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, (laughs) they're telling people to set up LLCs regardless. But honestly, I do think there is a future in uh, everyone actually operating as their own business in some way, of course corporations are going to always need worker bees but i even think the way that look is going to change in the future and i can't quite predict exactly what that'll look like but i have some inkling and it starts with people like you who you have this skill set you have this product you have this like basically customer base already that you know, a customer you know, an employer would love to have access to and have you run the show, the the D&I show, right? So it makes sense for them to hire someone like you, but basically as your LLC versus you as an employee. Exactly.
1: We do offer that as a service because, well, service as a service, like we will be your DEI team internal to your organization for whatever time period. Because there is a need, and they literally have a HR ops person who is like, "I'm just trying to get people onboarded and payroll done, and some, you know, and a hand employee handbook up and running." They don't have the bandwidth to really do it, and so we come in and help them get set up and structured, and that really helps a lot of organizations, especially their first year trying to build out a DEI program.
0: Mm-hmm. And positive hire, from what I've seen online, and you could correct me if I'm wrong. You've been able to build a community of people that you keep engaged through events. You just mentioned one through events, webinars, you know, just other activities. Most recruiting done at companies or HR departments, they may have a job description that goes up. And then if people don't get the job, they tell them to go away. They don't continue to nurture and develop a community of people who could potentially be employees. But you do. So, (laughs) you're like an employee database, potential employee database all the time. So, it makes you very, very valuable uh, in what you do. So, you know, as a fellow woman in STEM, I appreciate the work that you do. Thank you. Hang in there.
1: I'm trying. I didn't think, I put it, you don't know what the market is going to think of what you're creating, right? Mm -hmm. Especially early on. And I would say I was probably about one year from what the idea of positive hire was when i had a my first call with a fortune 500 they haven't become a customer yet
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the vp of talent acquisitions like you do everything
0: mm-hmm. and he
1: literally just broke down like you train them so you prepare them you get them recruited and hired and you help the organization he understood the vision of what i was trying what i was building out and it really was interesting because it's the first time I had a white man look at it and really look at my brochure and really understand the totality of what I was building was not just recruitment, Mm -hmm. but it was literally the employee life cycle, right? It was from the recruitment to the retention, the career advancement. And then I don't do the retirement part, but that piece in the middle is really what's harder for Mm -hmm. a lot of employers, which is that retention and that career growth. And that's really what we focus on. I think that's a really huge, a missing piece in a lot of organizations.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for what you do. And I appreciate you sharing a little bit about your backstory and how you can help others on the Unpolished MBA podcast. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. It's been great.
0: Well, that's it. So what did you think? Michelle is a fellow engineer, and we've even had similar experiences in the energy industry on construction sites. As you can probably tell from the tone of this interview, I for one am grateful for Michelle's impact on the world and her ability to make it her business to keep women in STEM fields. While science, technology, engineering, and math is not for everyone, There are many talented people where it is their calling. And my hope is that this podcast shared one resource to help you hold on to your STEM dreams. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.